Welcome to your compelling vision. And I say your compelling vision because it's different from everyone else. What you want out of your life, your big goals and big dreams, they're yours and no one else's. And if you're anything like I used to be, something that I struggled with for a really long time is I would set goals and then I would always miss them. And I would get frustrated by setting goals. And I started setting goals based on what other people told me I should want. And when I set goals based on what other people told me I should want, I found that I wasn't very motivated. I wasn't very excited and I never really hit my goals. And I had this attachment to them, almost like my worth was somehow attached to what I achieved. And what I found was eventually over the course of years of doing this, that I stopped setting goals altogether because I never hit them. And if you go into the woods with a bow and arrow hoping to hit a bullseye, but there's no target painted on the tree, are you ever going to hit a bullseye? No. And this is what most people do with their life. Most people go into the woods and they're shooting around. They're just like shooting around with a bow and arrow, hoping it strikes gold. But what would happen if we had a target? If we had a target that was painted so we could aim and fire at that target. That's what we want to create here. We want a dream that's so compelling, so vivid, so exciting that it pulls us. And I call it your compelling vision. And the key word there is compelling. Compelling means it moves you. It gets you to act. And so if you take a look at your goals and your dreams right now, if you are not motivated to go and act on them, they're likely not compelling you. They're likely not something that actually moves you, right? If you think about the word vision, vision means you see something that hasn't been created yet. And what most people do when they're setting goals and dreams is they set dreams based on what they've been able to create. But that's not what a vision is. Vision means you see something before it's real. See, goals come to fruition twice, first in here, especially in here, and then out there, right? And the reason you see me looking this way is right here, as I'm filming this, is a beautiful lake. And I used to picture living in a lake house for a really long time. I remember a couple of years ago, we were thinking about buying a home. And I remember thinking, okay, we just want to move to the Chicago suburbs, right? We were thinking about Naperville, Illinois. That's where we were thinking about moving. And no judgment if that's what moves you, if that's what excites you. For me, like you learned in the foundations module, I'm big into nature. I'm big into hiking and scenery and water and waterfalls and all this beautiful stuff. And I remember being in the kitchen with my buddies a couple of years back and I was telling them how the next step in our life, like we have a kid, you know, we're thinking about where we want to raise Lillian and all this stuff. We're thinking about, okay, where do we move? We want to move to the suburbs. We want to move to Naperville. And my buddies know me, my best friends, my peer group, my board of directors, you'll hear more about that in a couple of lessons. They know me so well. And they're like, what are you talking about, man? That doesn't move you. That doesn't excite you. And if I take a look at the action I was taking at the time, it wasn't compelling action. It wasn't action that moved me. They're like, that's not the real you. What do you really want? Not based on what society says, not based on what other people think you should want, not based on what most people do. They go, Brad, you're the guy that tells everyone to look at what society's doing and sprint the opposite way. So why are you going with what most of society says you should want? And it, it hit me that I wasn't actually having a vision that was compelling. No wonder my action wasn't following it. It wasn't exciting me. And they're like, what do you really want? And it came out of me right away. I was like, I want a lake house. I want a lake house. I picture pulling off the dock and smiling at my wife and looking up at the house up the hill and all this stuff. And, and I remember setting that vision, setting that goal and picturing it each day. And there were ups and downs on the journey. We're going to talk about more in a, in a future module with ups and downs on the journey. But eventually 
what ended up happening is the stars aligned. Because I lived in the feelings of my wishes, I was able to attract what I wanted in my life. And I say live in the feelings of your wishes for a reason. Because most people, when they set goals, they base goals based on the certainty of completion. But that's a big mistake. You want to set a goal that's a vision. It's something that you haven't done before. And when you picture it and you visualize it and you see it as done, you close your eyes. I pictured backing off the boat from my dock and looking up at the house and smiling at my wife and daughter and just, we did it. We did it. And I pictured that every day. What I realized in that moment was I could feel the feelings that I thought my goals would bring me now. And if I live with those feelings now, that is increase in energy. That's increase in excitement. That's where I take the action to go create my dreams. If I am not taking action to go and create my dreams, it's because my energy is low. And if I have nothing to picture that excites me, of course my energy is going to be low. So vision means you see something that hasn't been created yet. If you're in a program like Rewired, you visualize an ideal future. You see a beautiful future that's magnificent and you want to go after it. Well, what that means is a couple of things. Number one is it means that it hasn't been created yet. So you're likely not going to receive uh, all the support in the world right away when you claim your crazy dream. Most people think you're nuts. Most people think I thought I was nuts. But remember, the people that are crazy enough to believe they can change the world are the ones that do. It's a Steve Jobs quote. And so you're a visionary, you're a visionary which means you go first. You set a vision before anyone else sees it. And going back years, I stopped setting goals and dreams because I never hit them. But when I think about what words excite me in my life, my favorite word is possibility. If you think about why you enrolled in this program, you enrolled because you purchased a transformation. You purchased an idea of something better. If you're someone who enrolls in a program like this, that means you know you are meant for so much more than what you're getting out of life. You know you're meant to create something beautiful, something extraordinary in your life. What that means is we need a vision to match that deep internal drive of knowing you're meant for more. But if we don't know what more looks like, then we don't achieve it. And whatever you focus on, you'll create more of. When someone, well, I work with a, I've worked with tens of thousands of people at this stage, and I've recognized some patterns. And what most people do is they accidentally put their focus on what they don't want because they make their current situation wrong. And when you make your current situation wrong, you actually, actually perpetuate your current reality. If it is wrong, to be overweight, if it is wrong to be in debt, if it's wrong to have money challenges, and you focus on, I just don't want to have those challenges anymore. Your focus is going to what you don't want. And when your focus is going to what you don't want, then what ends up happening is you create more of it. Wherever focus goes, energy flows. And so wherever you are focusing, that's what you're creating. And so I want you to ask yourself, if you're picturing no goals or small goals, you're probably getting what you're asking for. If you just don't want to fight with your spouse anymore, right? You're, pro you're focused on fighting with your spouse. So you're probably creating more fights versus if you focus on, I want a passionate, loving marriage, you would act very differently with that level of focus. So wherever you focus becomes real. And if we're going to rewire our mind for success, we need to realize this isn't just theory. This is science. There's a piece of your brain called the reticular activating system. And its job, basically in a nutshell, if I'm going to keep this super simple, is to fizzle out all the crap you're not looking for. So you can laser in on what you are deeming most important. Have you ever noticed when you're in the market for a car, 
you see that car everywhere. We were shopping for SUVs recently, and once we decided we wanted a, a Lexus RX, we started looking, we, we saw it everywhere. It was at every stoplight, every street corner, every parking lot, we saw it everywhere. And my wife and I have this inside joke, we're like, hello, brethren, every time we see the car. And it's just like this stupid little, funny little joke that we do. But the point is, once you identify what's important to you, you'll start seeing it. So if you say, I don't want to fight with my spouse, or I don't want to be in debt, then all you're going to notice is the debt. You're not going to notice the possibility. Watch this. Look around the room you're in right now and count up the number of things you can find that are red. Ready, go. Count the things that are red. Look for red, look for red, look for red, look for red, look for red. Count the things that are red. Look for red, look for red, look for red. Keep looking for red, look for red, look for red, look for red, look for red. How many things did you find that were red? Amazing, but question. How many things did you find that were blue? You have no idea. Why? Because you weren't looking for blue. You told your reticular activating system that red was important to you in that moment. But check this out. Look around the room you're in right now and count up the number of things you can find that are blue. Ready, go. Look for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. Keep looking for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. Keep looking for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. Keep looking for blue. Look for blue. Look for blue. How many more things did you find that were blue this time? Did they magically appear? Or were they always there? You just started looking for them. How many of you guys saw teal and pretended it was blue so you'd feel successful at this exercise, right? The point is, when you are focused on red, you find it and you don't see blue. And when you're focused on blue, you don't see red. Well, if red is your problems, right? Remember we said before, most people meet their needs for significance by having significant problems. And one of the prerequisites to this program is to let go of that value you find in having crap going on. Right? Because if you are focused on that problem, what do you never see? The solution, the possibility. If you're focused on the possibility, the dream, the ideal, the, the compelling vision, then you don't have as much worry about the problems and you just solve them more quickly. Does that make sense? So I want you to take a look at how you have been creating a vision in your life. Is it, I just want to get through the day. Well, you're probably getting what you want. If you've been saying, that's what I want, I just want to get through the day, or I just don't want to be overweight, you're getting what you want. Most people don't know how to ask intelligently for what they want. I wanted a beautiful five-bedroom lake house on a hill overlooking a gorgeous lake with the best view on the water with a boat dock that I could pull my boat out of and look back up at my gorgeous house. And I wanted every room in that house to have lake views. We have exactly that. Exactly that. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous because we know how to ask intelligently. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get it right away, right? That's where the attachment to a goal, we're going to talk about that later on, needs to disappear. But we want to live in the feelings of those wishes so that we can be pulled to go and create them. So most people don't ask intelligently for what they want. Most people will say, well, I just want to make more money. Well, more money isn't specific. I could give you a penny and you'll have hit your goal. In fact, if you get a paycheck each week, you're actually getting what you're dreaming of because you are getting more money deposited into your account. You've been asking for more money. You're not saying, I want to have $2.2 million by the time I'm 30, right? You're not saying what you actually want. You're saying some claim thing, some, some big thing that you, vague thing that you can't picture. Most people also try to avoid what they don't want, like we talked about before. I don't want to be overweight, which is why they create more of their problems. And so if we don't have a compelling vision, 
we'll automatically focus on the problems. Remember how we talked about this thing is wired for survival? It's wired to focus and its natural tendency and wiring is to focus on what will keep you safe, what will protect you from pain. So if we wanna rewire our mind for success, the first step to that is a compelling, beautiful vision that makes us feel moved and excited. So if you don't have motivation, it's not that you lack motivation, it's that you lack goals that move you. So what type of dreams should we set? What type of visions should we create? Huge ones, massive ones, big, insanely gigantic, ginormous dreams that seem impossible to achieve. That's the type of dream that you should set. You should set huge dreams that are unrealistic. And why don't most people do that? Because of two things, the past, and fear. They're going, what if I fail or what if I succeed at this? Well, what if you never go after this? What if you stay in the exact same spot in your life and never create the life that you truly deserve? And if you take a look at the past, what most people will do is they've gone after goals that don't actually matter to them. They've either hit them and felt unfulfilled or they've missed them because they didn't care about them and have the motivation to do it. So they've gone after these goals and then feel like, okay, well, what was the point? And so the past is dictating how they've set goals in the future. So your job is to be unrealistic in your dreams. Now, I'm not saying don't use data to inform decisions. For example, we have certain advertising budgets and we have certain uh, payroll budgets that we use based on our data. This is not about using facts and figures to inform decisions. This is about a vision of what you're creating because isn't it true that if you go after that with everything you've got, even if you miss it, you have surpassed anything you've ever done before, right? So we wanna dream that big. We wanna be unrealistic, write this down. Realism is the fastest traveled road to mediocrity. Let me give you an example. Let's say that we have an optimist, a realist, and a pessimist and they all walk into a bar, <laughs> right? It's the start of a corny joke. Well, a pessimist, someone that's skeptic, we need to realize, first of all, that if you're pessimistic and skeptic, in any situation where you're pessimistic and skeptic, that is a sign that you just have fear. It is a sign that you're living kind of gutlessly. You're afraid to take risks because you don't want to be hurt again. That's all pessimism is. Most people say, well, I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it so many times. All it means is that they've gotten hurt. So they've stopped dreaming. That's all pessimism is. And so if a pessimist is talking about their dreams and goals, they're surely not going to hit them because all they're going to do is talk about what's wrong. So if these three people, the optimist, the realist, and the pessimist are in a bar, the, the pessimist is going to get uncomfortable or judgmental towards big goals. And I want you to evaluate your life. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I want you to evaluate your life and see if you've ever done that. If you've taken a look at other people with big dreams and gone, must be easy for you. You understand my situation. My situation's so much harder. I'm going through all of this stuff right now. You understand the things that are being thrown in my face. That's pessimism. And so you'll look at someone with huge dreams and you'll either judge them or say, yeah, it must be easy for you. You have money. You have all this stuff that will never create the life that we want. So we need to let go of that. So let's say the pessimist decides to leave. Well, the realist and the optimist are talking to each other and the optimist being the optimist that they are is, and by the way, optimism does not mean you pretend problems don't exist. I used to teach that you can be happy all the time and all this stuff. And then I grew up. 
and I realized that all emotions serve us. Optimism means this is a challenge and I'm going to view it through the lens of possibility and solution. That's true optimism. It's not toxic positivity where you pretend everything's okay and you don't have problems. So let's say the optimist asks the realist, hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Realist, what's your goal this year? And the realist says, well, I want to set this safe goal based on what I think I'm capable of. And the optimist goes, are you sure? That's all you want? And they're like, yeah, that's all I can do right now. That's all I can handle right now. And the optimist goes, okay, I don't think that's what you actually want, but okay. And the realist goes, what about you? And the optimist goes, I want to create this amazing net worth of X amount, $2.2 million by the time I'm 30. I want to have this beautiful lake house. I want to have all this incredible stuff, whatever it is. Right? And they say all these incredible huge dreams. And the realist goes, but what if you fail? You ever thought about the fact that like, it's a recession. Most people aren't buying. Like a lot of people live with scarcity mindsets. Why would they give you money for these things and these services and all this stuff? And the optimist goes, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find a way or make the way. And so they both go on their way and create, try to create these goals. And the realist hits their safe goal. They hit their safe, mediocre, boring goal and they go after it and they achieve it. And the optimist fails. The optimist goes after their huge, massive goal and they fail the first time. So the realist was right. The optimist was going to fail. And, but here's the thing about optimists. What do they do? They learn from their failures. They don't take it to mean I'm a failure. They learn from their failures. They get back up and they do it again and they do it again and they do it again. They keep trying. And at the end of the day, the realist that hit their safe goal versus the optimist that failed a million times in pursuit of their big dreams, the optimist is a hundred times further than the realist ever will be. And so what we need to do is we need to dream optimistically. We need to dream in terms of possibility. We need to dream unrealistically. What will prevent you from doing that is addiction to problems and addiction to survival. What that means is a lot of times people, it feels good to have things that are wrong in their life. Why? Think about it. If I'm the optimist and I'm happy on a regular basis and I'm going after my big dreams, most people think I'm crazy. Most people think I'm absolutely nuts, right? Because I'm the happy guy. Now, you can't be that happy. You can't go after all that stuff, right? You can't, you can't have that and that. You can't have abundance in your life. But if I have problems, what do I get? I get connection from other people. I get sympathy about how hard my life is. And I feel important because all of a sudden my life is harder than everyone else. So it becomes addicting to just survive. It becomes addicting to have harder problems than everyone else. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you because I know there's more in you. There's more in you than just survival. There's a version of you that's meant to thrive. And in order to do that, you need to dream huge. So how we don't set goals, we do not set a vision and goals based on our current finances. We do not set vision and goals based on our social scenario where we live, how many kids we have, all these things. We do not set goals based on the support we are getting from our spouse or from people in our life. We do not, what most people do is they'll say, I have these big dreams, my spouse doesn't support that. Well, think about that just for a second. It's your vision, it's not your spouse's vision. You mean, the vision means you see it before anyone else does. You go after it and then perhaps you'll have the support. And finally, it's not about completion. If you're setting goals based on what you're certain you can achieve, the goal is too small. 
Your goal needs to be something that is so big that it moves you. It's about becoming a new person. It's about growing to a level that makes you expand and become so much more. It's a, about a version of you that makes you think bigger than you've ever done. Okay. So a great role model for this before we close up with a, a cool closed eye process to start the process of rewiring your mind is to think like a little kid. Little kids are the greatest example of success up until about the age of 12. If you think about at the age of 12, what happens? Kids are told to sit down, to shut up, to get an A plus or else they're a failure. In the school system, nothing against teachers. Teachers deserve to make a million dollars a year and there's so many great teachers that have to serve a broken curriculum. Teachers are amazing. What I'm saying is that right about the age of 12, you're groomed to be an employee. You're groomed to be a perfectionist. You're groomed to avoid failure. And if you are groomed to avoid failure, that means that you'll never thrive. Because the only because perfection is the lowest standard we can have. We're going to talk about more of that in a couple uh, modules from now. But we need to realize that that feeling of I need to check the box needs to go away when it comes to dreams. It needs to be this huge, massive thing that moves you. Right about the age of 12, that's when society starts conditioning us to be perfect and never fail. I want to challenge you to be imperfect and consistently fail. Remember, look at what most society does and sprint the opposite way. But before the age of 12, if you take a look at little kids, think about how magical little kids are. They always think in terms of possibility. Take a look at my daughter at this stage at the time that I'm recording. She wants to be Elsa, right, from Frozen. And I think that's every little girl. They want to be Elsa, right? But she's got her Elsa doll, and she listens to Frozen on the way to school every day. All this amazing stuff. And she dreams that big. If you think about what most kids do, they want to be Spider-Man and the president and an astronaut all at the same time. And so they come into the living room with nothing but Spider-Man underwear, a, a tie, and an astronaut helmet, and they deliver a presidential address. If you think about that, what's amazing about that? They're thinking about possibility. They're thinking in terms of vision and what does that do to their energy? Think about little kids, how much energy do they have? They have unlimited, boundless energy. They have more energy. And when you have more energy, what happens to your creativity? It goes up. What happens to your resilience? It goes up. What happens to the amount of different things you'll try? It goes up. Think about how kids ask for things. They ask over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until they get a yes, right? They're persistent in whatever it takes to get to what they want. They're the greatest example of success on earth. And so let's take a page out of their book. That's how I want you to dream. And so we're going to start the process of that right now. I'm going to take you through some other lessons that will kind of remove any blocks from this. But I just want to start this process by having you close your eyes and take a deep breath in and exhale out. Another deep breath in and exhale out. Take your hands and put them on your heart for a moment and physically feel your heart. And as you breathe, breathe deep into your heart. Feel the power of your heart. Feel the energy of your heart, the strength of your heart. Focus on what your heart has guided you to do or to be or to give or to share in this life. You didn't need to buy it. You didn't need to earn it. But something thought enough of you to give you this gift of life the moment you were born. And as long as it beats you live, it's the greatest gift you have ever received in your life. So just take a moment and treasure this gift. Love this gift. Cherish this gift.
bring that in and just flood your heart with appreciation right now. Now I want you to go back to being a little kid. Go back to playing. When you played and you had fun, you had excitement, you had passion, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a marine biologist? I'm pretty sure every kid at one point wanted to be a marine biologist. Go back to what you wanted to be as a kid. Picture the feelings of that. Picture the emotions, the vibrancy of that. You weren't worried about completion of the goal. You weren't worried about what people thought of you. You weren't worried about failing. It was just something you wanted to be, something you wanted to create. Go back to that feeling. What I want to challenge you to do is answer the following question with your eyes closed. Answer the following question. What's something you've always wanted? What's something you've always wanted? What's something you're curious about? What's something you've always wanted but maybe you've given up on in the past? Keep your eyes closed. Breathe like that little kid with that appreciation. And ask yourself this question. If you had three times more courage, what would you go after? If you had three times more courage, what would you go after? You can open your eyes. I hope that was a beautiful exercise for you. Go back and do it again if there's people around. But what you might have noticed is a couple things. Number one is you might have noticed excitement. You might have seen some things you haven't seen in a while. But also, what you might have noticed is there was a piece of your brain that saw a possibility and then immediately went into rationalization about why that couldn't happen. Suspend the rationalization. And I have an exercise for you today. What I, and don't move on to the next lesson until you complete the exercise. Remember, it's not about completion. If you go through with the mindset of, I have to complete this, I have to complete this, I have to complete this, you're hurting yourself. Slow down. Do the work. What I want you to do is in your journal, maybe on a fresh piece of, piece of paper, I want you to go on a rant about what you really want. Just write. Just keep the pen moving. It's action that creates motivation. When your pen stops, keep it going. Just write blah, blah, blah if you have to. You're going to go on a what you really want rant. You're going to write and you're going to awaken the little kid in you. Your job is to play. Your job is to have fun. Your job is to be unrealistic. If you want a helicopter and a helipad on the roof of your house, you write that down. Just dream. We'll make it all pretty coming up shortly. We'll laser it into what you're really going to go after in this program shortly. But for now, just dream. Just dream, jot it all down, and I want you to go into our private community and share what you discovered from this rant. Just stop writing whenever it feels right to stop writing, but just journal about it. Whatever comes to you is absolutely beautiful. And we're gonna refine this over the next couple lessons so that we have a reason to break through all the crap that's holding us back. But for now, we need to rewire our mind by being a little kid. Does that make sense? So I hope you had a beautiful insight from this lesson. And just remember, always remember, you're just one insight away from a radically different life. I'm looking forward to seeing your responses in our private community. And I'll see you in the next lesson.